0: Chan Man Lok was seated in a brightly lit room. Surrounding him were four walls and one mirror. He knew people were looking through the mirror. An interrogator walked in. So, Chan Man Lok, 34 years old, mafia. Tell us why was Fan Man E's DNA all over your apartment? She's a drug addict and she owes us money. We had a deal We find a place to set up a brothel And Man-E would prostitute for us It's as simple as that man Lok might have said The interrogator looked towards the mirror And back at man Lok, You're right She died at our place But it was due to a drug overdose The interrogator was looking straight at him That might be true But tell me man Lok, Why the hell are her organs inside your fridge? You're listening to Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by One Up Media. I'm your host, Yo Guangjin. case that we're about to uncover is one of the most widely documented cases. And yet, in a way, it isn't at all. Reason being, the majority of the case facts came from a single source, a young girl who was 14 years old at the time of her confession in May 1999. Who this girl was and how she contributed both to the mystery and the murder of this case will be explored later on. But for now, we know at least one thing for certain. The victim at the centre of this story. A 23-year-old lady named Fan Man Yi. The American Medical Association publishes the journal, or JAMA for short. A segment of its publication includes paediatric research. And in October 1998, just one year before Fan Man Yi's death, JAMA published a meta-research paper on substance abuse in children. Part of the research was on predictors of drug abuse, and it found that 8th graders who had no supervision and have to fend for themselves for 11 hours per week or more were twice as likely to indulge in drugs. In Fan Man Yi's case, having grown up at an orphanage after being abandoned by her parents, she was spending almost every day of her life taking care of herself and tragically would follow down the path predicted by the JAME study. At 16, she would be forced out of the orphanage and soon developed a drug addiction. Not long after, she turned to prostitution to pay for her habits. According to the records, we know money became incredibly tight in 1997 for Fan Man Yi when she had a son which sources would argue came from her clients or from the triads. That year, it was also believed that Fan Man Yi would meet a man with ties in the triad, a 34 year old man named Chan Man Lok. The music in the club was loud, but Man Lok wasn't intending to talk. He ran a modest empire with two of his friends, Long Xing Chou and Liang Wai Lut. Manlok was seated at the tables, when a lady walked in, dancing to the music. He looked at her and knew immediately that he had to talk to her. Hey, hey yourself, tell me, what's a girl like you doing in a club like this without any drinks in hand, he might have said. She grinned. Well, then what's a gentleman like you doing without helping a damsel in distress? Man Yi might have followed Man Lok for the rest of the night, an encounter that marked an even darker turn in her already difficult life. For while they laughed and shared drinks and drugs throughout the evening, they would also discover a mutually beneficial relationship, that Man Yi was a prostitute and a drug addict, and Man Lok ran a brothel and trafficked drugs with his two friends, specifically crystal meth. According to countless of meth users, meth doesn't blow your mind like most drugs do. Instead, it runs it on overdrive. The effects are often described as feeling razor sharp, strong and indomitable. Some would even go so far to describe the experience as a clean feeling because you often feel all the attributes that make you a superstar at work whenever you're high on crystal meth. (laughs) But so potent is meth at tricking you that you've become your best self that your mind ignores signals of hunger or thirst which is why most meth addicts end up malnourished and sickly. (coughs) While there are many effects with extended use, one key effect is to feel so powerful that you are above the normal rules of society. As Man and the trio were often high on crystal meth, the chief prosecutor at that time would be quoted saying, I think they went mad without realising it. Living together in that flat, high on drugs, they started to believe their world was normal. They had only themselves against which to measure their sense of human decency. Torture became a game for them. In their twisted minds, it became acceptable. In the interrogation room, Manluk was sweating. He was just asked by the interrogator why Man's remains were found inside his refrigerator. I'll tell you everything. I've got nothing to hide. Officer, I'm not stupid. I know how it looks on me if the police found one of my girls, who's obviously a sex worker, dead in one of my brothels. I had to find a way to hide the body. And we had to do it fast before she would rot and give us away through the smell. And she was also too big for us to keep anywhere. So we chopped her up and kept her remains in the fridge. That's the truth of what happened. The interrogator looked at him, looked back at the mirror and stood up. Thank you for your time, Man Lok, And thank you for your cooperation. The interrogator left and repeated the inquiry in two separate rooms where Leong Xingqiu and Leong Lun were seated. Both men gave the exact same story that Man Lok did. Following this, the interrogator could have walked towards a separate holding area. This area was more for victims and witnesses as opposed to suspects and criminals he could have walked into another room and sat down. In front of him might have been a young girl, only 14 years of age. He would have begun telling her everything he had heard so far, from the drug use to the consensual prostitution to finally the overdose. The young girl would have sat in front of him, shaking. prepared to refute everything the interrogator just learned. Back in 1997, Man-Yi and Manluk had met several more times. He became her frequent client. On one of those times, Man-Yi was lying down on the bed as man walked into the shower. She was looking up towards the mirror on the ceiling before turning to a side. On the table, she saw Manluk's wallet. And she started thinking of the times that he would just pull out stashes of notes to pay her whenever he was done. And she became curious I wonder How much money he has inside Perhaps It was the fact that she was also his client for drugs Or that her son was getting older And she felt that she needed more money But something within Man Yi Clicked that night In 1997 Man Lok left off And might have headed to a restaurant for dim sum With his friends How much does it cost? He said 600 Hong Kong dollars, the staff might have replied. Man Lok opened his wallet and noticed. It was empty. His mind floated to the last person whom he met, the only one who could have had access to his wallet at that time. He signalled to one of his friends to make payment instead and thought to himself. Man Yi, you're dead. In May of 1999, in Hong Kong, a 14-year-old girl with no guardian walks into a police station. I need your help, she might have screamed. Two police officers immediately rushed over. Tell us, are you hurt? The girl shook her head furiously before explaining. There's this ghost that's been trying to kill me. Wait, sorry, a ghost? The police interrupted. Yes, a ghost. The ghost is a date lady who has been haunting me every single night. You see, she is covered in tons of barbed wires and she has been slowly tortured to death. God, the two police officers might have been thinking as they looked at each other and prepared to escort the young girl out. The ghost told me her name is Fan Man Yi the two police officers stopped smiling. They knew who Fan Man Yi was, a missing person's case reported over a month back. How could she possibly know who Fan Man Yi was? One of the officers might have thought. The girl would continue to divulge intricate details of how this supposed spirit has passed. This raised immediate concern in the policeman who quickly followed her to the scene of the crime. There, they would find body parts in a fridge and detain all three suspects who shared the same story before hearing the other side of the story from the 14-year-old girl. So, tell me, what's the story here? The interrogator asked. The men are right that Man Yi was a drug addict and a prostitute. She also stole from Man about $4,000. But it wasn't consensual like they said. Manuk's men found her off the streets and brought her to him and demanded for her to return the $4,000 and $10,000 extra as interest. But she couldn't. So they brought her back to their apartment at number 31 Granville Road, Simsa Choi, to be a prostitute. She didn't agree to whatever was happening. And what was going to- happen? Why should I trust you then? The interrogator interrupted. The girl wasn't looking at him and she wasn't talking either. It was as if she too was guilty. Wait, could it be? The interrogator was thinking. The girl looked up at him and said, I had a feeling it was for fun, so I tortured her as well. In the next episode, we'll go into the gruesome details of the girl's experiences that led her to hallucinate the morbid corpse of a woman and why this murder would be forever remembered as the Hello Kitty Murder. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast brought to you by Mediacorp and produced by One Up Media. If you would like to share some feedback or suggest other cases that you would like us to cover, you can reach out to us via email at heinous at oneupmediapodcast.com or through our Instagram or TikTok page at heinous underscore oneupmedia This episode of Heinous was researched, produced, and written by Yeo Guangjin with audio engineering by Ethan Sam. Special thanks as well to executive producers Danny cordy Toh from Mediacorp We hope to see you again soon in the next episode of Heinous.